Hey, old-timey crimey listeners. Before we get started, we just wanted to remind you about our giveaway. We have stickers. Don't we all really have creepy strangers in our past? Too many. Too Absolutely. many. Absolutely. If you have a creepy stranger story, send it to us at oldtimeycrimey at gmail.com. You might get your story told on the air. You can tell us if you want your name mentioned or not. And you'll be entered into a drawing for one of 10 old-timey crimey limited edition logo stickers. Go find our social media for a picture of good old Slothy, our uh, our podcast watching, listening friend. <laughs> and, and he has the stickers. In, up against his adorable belly. So thanks for listening and send in your stories. Make it creepy and sexy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm going to get so many interesting emails. <laughs> no parent should ever have to lose a child. The devastating loss of a family member, such as a spouse, is a terrible affair. But having a son or daughter die is like losing a vital piece of yourself. The definition of hell would be that feeling doubled or tripled over. And in 1922, the Picard family literally went through hell. This is the strange tale of the disappearance of Pauline Picard. You're listening to Old Tiny Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your hosts, Christy and Scott. Old-timey crimey. I'm Christy. I'm Scott. We're Twitch virgins. Yes, we're Twitch virgins getting not, our cherries popped. Not anymore, <laughs> you filthy bastards. We will be experienced Twitch sluts tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> How's everything been for you this week, bud? It's been pretty good. I had a really, really good weekend. Um, nice. We went, just kind of left it at spur of the moment and just, you know, kind of uh, do what we want to do when we feel like it. Went down to D.C., uh, and and went uh, we we had a nice weekend. We went on Sunday. We had brunch, and we went to uh, went did a little bit of shopping, and went to a museum. And if I lived in an actual city, I'd be broke in a week. Nice. <laughs> so didn't spend a ton of money, but I just know that the temptation would be too much. I spotted they have a mall down there in Pentagon City that is four stories tall, four stories. The Nordstrom itself is three floors. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and of course, there's still, you know, those three floors still have a billion other stores on each of them. We didn't even get to the fourth floor. Now, have you ever been in the Mall of America? No, no. It is a massive monument to capitalism. And consumerism, yes. Absolutely. Yes. So it's, I think it's five stories high. Oh, my gosh. So I want you to picture Westmont as a store. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. And then maybe put Southmont, which are local towns from where we're from, maybe put Southmont on top of it as a smaller six floor. <laughs> oh, my God. That is nuts. Yeah, and a, an amusement park in the middle of it. I have heard of it, and, and like I've, I've always kind of wanted to go there just for the sheer spectacle of it. No, you don't. Is it just too much? It is. Depressing? Ex- it is extremely too much. Uh, I used to live out in Minnesota, and it is, honest to God, too much. Um, if you want... Let's say you want beads. There was a bead store called Beat It. So imagine you have to walk across town to get to Beat It. Okay, I see. I see. Yeah. yeah and now that's too you, much. And now you want to shop at Hot Topic. Well, now you have to walk back across town. And now you have to find your car. And you... <laughs> There's and a you, whole Seinfeld episode. And you can't remember if... And each one of the parking lots was named after a state. And you can't remember if you parked in Virginia or West Virginia, and the bus is leaving, and you don't know which one to go to. That sounds very stressful. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. And then, of course, it's only a matter of time before the sharks that live in the basement attack. (laughs) There are sharks in the basement of the Mall of America. We live in a really crazy world. Yes, we do. So, so yeah, but I had a fabulous, fabulous weekend, and, yeah, it was very refreshing. It was nice to just kind of do everything, like... Not necessarily spur of the moment, but just, you know, not have a timeline, not have a necessarily a schedule. Just, you know, if we get to it, we get to it. And if we don't, we don't. And that was really fun. So. Nice. How about you? How's it going? I am aching all the fuck over. Uh... The, I've, I've got 13 broken bones in my past, and the cold weather change is just getting them all. But I'm trying to keep upbeat about it. Uh, I, am, I am, you know, covering up with many a blanket, sipping lots of hot cocoa. 
and watching Tiny Toons reruns. <laughs> that sounds delightful. It's it's fantastic. It's yeah. fantastic. Winter does suck, but there are some things that, that we use as remedies that make it better. Hot cocoa is, is definitely... <sighs> I think I'm going to be drinking more hot cocoa this fall and winter. I already, I've already started. Mm -hmm. I had one um, as we were wandering around D.C. It was entirely too hot for, like, the first, like, five minutes. I just kept on, like, doing that, like, scared sip. We were like, nope, 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 can't do it. When yeah. you're trying to aerate... Like getting getting like half air and half hot cocoa and just you know, I was spread getting, it. I was getting all air oh, and geez. just like a hint of hot cocoa and I was like no I'm still scared I'm still really scared because I saw that water boiling before she put it in the styrofoam cup and I was like eh it's see, gonna be a little while see mm. I don't have hot cocoa I'm still on my weight loss journey yay so instead of hot cocoa I take chocolate protein shake mix and put it in hot water well, there you go uh, it's, so. a, it's a substitute yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> that is. A substitute. <laughs> and we've got a weird substitution case for you this week. <laughs> that was an excellent and sad transition it at the same time. It <laughs> really was. This week we're going to be discussing the case of Pauline Picard. Uh, we're going all the way back to April of 1922. And just pull out the fucking Kleenex because it's, it's going to get sad quick. Yeah, it's really, it's really sad. This was in uh, Brittany, France. At a family farm in Goas a Lodou, which really, as far as I can tell from my, my attempts at researching this, is just a one-dwelling village. So I think the farm itself was just Goas a Lodou. Lodou, sorry. It's in the uh, San Rovel commune. In the, it's basically, if you look at the northwestern tip, uh, there's a little area that kind of like forks out, sort of not forks out, but kind of like pops out. And that is uh, the area where this happened. It was the Picard farm. Uh, you had the parents, Francois and Mariana. And they had nine children. And Pauline Picard was the uh, next to last. She was child eight of the nine. Uh, this happened on April 6th, day yeah. after my birthday. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's always a sad day when your birthday's over and you're like, well, I have 364 days of being this old now. <laughs> so it's also a sad day when you're like, and something bad happened that day, too. Yes. So you had Pauline... She was two years old. She was known to be a very talkative child. They let her roam around a lot. You gotta imagine, you have that many children. Some of the older children are gonna be taking care of the younger. And there's, there's that whole idea of, you know, with the first child, you're, you're, you know, you're very careful and, you know, like the pacifier falls on the floor and you sterilize it. And with the, you know, the, the, the fourth child, you just like, you know, like pop it in your mouth, pull it back out with that nice, like big, like popping, sucking noise and then pop it in their mouth. Yeah. yeah. It's but it was it was a different era too. Yeah. I remember growing up, like we wandered around town. We were in the woods. Oh yeah, I was all over the place. Yeah. I remember walking through the river. That was one of the things that eleven year old me liked to do. Me and my buddy Barry would walk through the Castleman River. We could have drowned. Easy. But no, we walked through the Castleman River, not realizing, of course, that they were pumping raw sewage into oh the Castleman God. River. Oh, no. Which is why I don't think I get sick that often, because <laughs> 11 years old, 10 years old, that's whenever, you know, your your immune system is starting. And mine is tempered with raw sewage. <laughs> yes. My mom, I can remember... Uh, me always asking her if I could bike up to my friend Kim's house. And Kim lived about a quarter of a mile, but it was a rough bike because that, that last part of the quarter mile was almost straight uphill. And I can remember specifically her saying, well, wear your helmet and don't come crying to me if you get hit by a car and die. <laughs> I was like, well, Good I news. mean, unless ghosts exist, <laughs> I probably won't come crying to you. And if ghosts exist, I definitely will. It was weird. We were allowed... We were allowed to go from Salisbury, and then, like, we had, like, a 20-mile radius that mm -hmm. we could go as long as we went up over Mount Davis. But we couldn't go to the next town, like, one mile over Boynton. But we could do, like, the 20-mile trip around Mount Davis on mm. our bikes. So, I don't know, maybe some predator was over yeah, maybe. In, in Boynton that we didn't know about. Yeah, we got into all kinds of trouble running around, and nothing ever really serious, but we definitely were allowed a, a great amount of freedom. Absolutely, yeah. and I imagine in 22, even more so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because like things like this did happen, but this is a very small area, so it didn't happen that frequently. What, what, what ended up um, happening was... Pauline is, she's either playing on the farm or looking after horses with her sisters. Maybe both at the same time. Maybe her sisters are looking after the horses and she's playing around. 
And she's only about 300 feet from the house, and she just vanishes. Poof. Just poof. Yeah. Vanishes. There is a suspect almost immediately, a former worker on the farm, a 50-year-old man named Christoph Ketamol. And limp, uh, he's got a mustache. He's arrested three days later and almost immediately cleared. He had been sentenced to five years in prison for rape. He was said to have cuddled Pauline a bunch. He was at their, their house for breakfast the day that she disappeared. He was cuddling her. He was overheard telling her not once but twice that he would find a nice home for her somewhere else. And he was left alone with her sometime around 1 p.m. And someone at that, at that point in time overheard him saying, you know, hey, you know, you're coming with me. But... He was put in jail for fraud on May 10th, so that was about a month after this ha- the disappearance, but he was released. His alibi actually checked out. He was seen by somebody six kilometers from the Picards about the time that Pauline, Pauline disappeared around 4.20 in the afternoon. Yeah, this... so, uh, so, yeah, he, he definitely is not the kind of guy you want to bring around your children, uh, but it doesn't appear for sure. I mean, I don't know how great their alibi checking was, and it's some, certainly somebody could have lied for him. Yeah, yeah, and... Just the same way, even today, this still happens. Theories abound. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were people saying, oh, maybe it was, you know, Roma Travelers. Maybe it was a wild boar. Wait, wait. Roma Travelers? Don't you mean the word I'm not allowed to say anymore? I mean, I didn't ban you from saying it. I just, <laughs> I just apparently... said that it's frowned upon because it's sort of, uh, you know, has racist connotations and negative stereotypes attached to it. They say it in Archer all the time, the animated series. I want to say it. We have different roles than Archer. Uh, we do. <laughs> so, only slightly, though. Only slightly. So, yeah, and then there were some vague rumors that two strangers were seen in the area at uh, around that time. There was also a bad storm that day. So, you know, that could have been part of, of what happened. So the, many theories come up. You know, the bad storm, she could have wandered off and gotten, you know, like... We'll, we'll Washed get it. away in the river. Yeah, and, yeah, all kinds of stuff. So... Police and volunteers go in massive amounts looking for her, and nobody finds her anywhere. And it, about a month passes by yeah. with, with really nothing happening. And the media had dubbed, I mean, the media had really glommed on to this. Yeah, they, yeah. They were addicted to this. They called her La Petite Pauline Picard. Yeah. Oh, so cute and so sad. Uh, so the town of Cherbourg, a little girl is found in a hallway of a house by Mrs. Rublo. Uh, and this is about 300 miles away from the farm. I mean, this is a good distance for yeah. a two-year-old to travel, um, you know, if she's traveling on her own. And this child, it, she pretty much seemed to match the descriptions of, of Pauline. She would not or could not speak. It's kind of unknown whether it was a, a selective thing or whether it was you know, not something she was choosing. She's taken to a hospital. Even though she doesn't isn't able to speak, they can still tell that she's very sweet whenever she's questioned. She smiles and hugs a lot. I know. It's just all so sad all around. Yeah. So the police, they did some investigating, and they found witnesses who had seen this girl, or, you know, what they said was this girl, a few days beforehand uh, in a store. There was a poorly dressed woman with her who tried to abandon her there. But people, you know, were, hey, you, you dropped something, <laughs> you know, and ran after, is and they were like, "Is this me, yours? Excuse me, is this yours?" And it's just is this, this little yours? girl, little no, girl, my like French accent, horrible, hugging, <laughs> like just this little girl reaching out for a hug, being Aww. held up by the scruff of the neck. Oh, you just made it sadder. Yeah, so. I did. <laughs> but it's only sadder to us because we know the way it ends. Yes, we do. So this will be sad for you in retrospect, uh, listeners and watchers. So they, they get photos of her and they take them to Mariana Picard and she bursts into tears. She says that's her. She says, that's my daughter, my poor Pauline. But how did she end up so far from us? And the police go, don't know. Case closed. We're satisfied. <laughs> well, they do accompany or, you know, police in Cherbourg, maybe mm-hmm. go with uh, Monsieur and Madame Picard. Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs., of course. And here's something that I that I've really honest to God researched. Picard. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. Picard is from France in the Star Trek universe. Oh, he, I don't think I realized that. Yes. It is just a thing that the French language has gone extinct and everybody in France speaks English now. Huh. Yeah. That, I love that you went down that particular I rabbit hole. I went down hilarious. that rabbit hole. 
I oh. went down that rabbit hole. So Picard is actually friends. Jean-Luc Picard. Oh, well, now it makes sense. I didn't even think about his first name. I never really... I don't know why I'm so dumb. I never really put it together. You don't, you don't think about it because he's there. Hello, everybody. I was never really big on Star Trek. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Like, you, you can't see it. There's a poster hidden behind, <laughs> behind this. See, I'm the opposite. I love Star Trek. Nobody open-mouthed kisses their sister on the bridge of the Enterprise. <laughs> so... There's an even worse, uh, there's a, a book that was written between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, if I'm remembering right. And Splinter I ha- or of the Mind's Splinter Eye. Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I had the comic book. I have. I still have it somewhere. I read the novel I read the novel I too. Seven. Oh, that's way too early to be reading that shit, especially with what comes later. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely the sexual tension between Luke and Leia is definitely written by somebody who does not know what's about to happen, and I can only imagine that poor author sitting there in the theater during Return of the Jedi and just... No. Luke sheathed his lightsaber into a meat wallet. <laughs> yeah. It's not that, but it's close. It really is. So the Picards go to Charborg, and they have a reunion uh, with the, the, the girl thought to be Pauline. There's some little oddities there. She, I mean, some things can be attributed to maybe neglect or travel. Mm. She's lost some weight. Well, you know, there's how did she get so far away? I mean that, yeah. Uh, why did she not seem to recognize her family? Why can't she understand or speak her native language? Yeah, their native language was Breton. It's, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I even looked up the the IPA pronunciation. No, it's not a beer. Um, and I, I international phonetic alphabet, I think. And I still wasn't entirely sure because I still can't quite get it. But Breton, Breton, something like that. And she used to understand it. She used to be fairly fluent in it, especially for a two-year-old. She can't understand it. And yeah, she she acts sort of d- like distant with her parents. She doesn't act like she knows them. And so Mr. and Mrs. Picard, they're kind of going back and forth on this. I think they, the, they have some misgivings, but they want it so bad. The father insists. Yeah. The father insists it's Pauline. The mom's going like, I don't know. And to be fair... Two years old, they all kind of look alike. Yeah, yeah, they really do. So, And they're like, well, you know, she's had a, a tough time. Maybe if we take her back to the farm, it'll jog her memory. So, And her clothes were neat and clean, but they weren't anything that the parents recognized. There wasn't anything they were like, oh, yes, that's Pauline's, you know, like shirt or, or, or petticoat or whatever she would have been wearing. Well, to be fair, here we, here we have a two-year-old girl who has gone through God knows what. Mm-hmm. That kind of shock, you know, it's it's the trope. It's the person sitting, you know, in the mental institution, rocking back and forth, being non-responsive. Yeah. She I could just... have been traumatized by something. She could have just been traumatized by being away from her parents. Right. I just recently saw the most recent time I can think of that trope is the uh, Joker in Gotham uh, sits there and is just, like, out of it. Uh, so, and just non-responsive. So, I mean, this is a two-year-old. Somebody whose yeah. psychology is just forming. Somebody whose grasp on their native language is probably tenuous at best. Yeah, a month away from their native language, if the, if somebody kidnapped her who didn't speak it, yeah. might be enough to, you know, like, have her lose at least some of her vocabulary, if not all of it. Right. And as far as, like, you know, the mother and father, once again, it's two. The mother and father are looking at the daughter... They're not certain mm-hmm. that it's their kid. Who's to say that the kid's not looking at these two people and going, I'm not certain if that's mom or dad. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. You know, if the it's parents can't tell the kid, why are we going like, well, the kid didn't see the parents, so obviously it's not her. So, so this does get even more blown up in the media. Even the New York Times picked it up at this point uh, because it's this big you know, mystery of how did she end up there, as we've said. And uh, on the train ride home, she actually does, they say, speak three words of her native language, yes, no, and dad. But later, when, you know, whenever it's discussed about her talking, it, it's, it's, there's some confusion as to whether she's actually saying it or whether it's just a toddler babbling, you know, mm-hmm. or especially one with maybe a speech delay, which seems highly likely here if it's not Pauline. Well, I mean, this, what's not really said too much, I only saw this in one spot, this girl is kind of malnourished. It yes, doesn't look yes. like she's had much to eat in the past three weeks. She is barely able to stand. Yeah, yeah. And whenever they, um, whenever they pick her up, she has what they call seizures, where she basically arches her back and her legs so that they almost like touch, like make her body form like an O. Um, and yeah, the doctor said. She's, yeah, she's malnourished, but she hadn't been physically harmed. And she has 
two molars, whereas Pauline had eight. I mean, short of somebody physically harming her to get rid of those molars, which would be weird, and but you know the whole situation is weird. But that's, that's definitely, I think, I think the parents were definitely looking past a lot of of evidence. See, that I know pointed that, away from the, yeah. the the ending they wanted. I know that serial killers take trophies. Yeah, but this isn't do a, pedophiles. Maybe. I mean, they said she hadn't been physically harmed, but but yeah, well, well, it's 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 in, a question. In our Patreon, we we have a Patreon. Uh, we are we are doing a case in the Patreon where the uh, the doctors looked at the body and went, "This woman was chased," and it turned out abortion. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, and the dates are not that far away from what was the uh, the case, Mary. That was the eighteen uh, forties, and yeah. this is nineteen twenty two. So about sixty years later, but stuff wasn't moving very fast. No, it wasn't. <laughs> like medical no, it science wasn't. was not uh, was not in a big fat hurry. But the media is. I want you to picture this. Picture this for just a second. The media is exuberant. Yes. They're yes. actually happy. They're like thrilled. They're like, oh, the missing girl. That was so sad. Oh, they found her. Yay. Wee, 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 wee. You have to do oh, that I every meant time. To get, I meant to get a pop in, but it was just me smacking myself in the face. Let's try it again here. There, there we you go. go. Much better. You'll do anything for sound effects. I will. So um, they get home and the neighbors say, that's Pauline. The siblings say, that's Pauline. Mm -hmm. Everybody is agreeing with this. But there are, you know, there's some, some bad undercurrents. They bring her home and it doesn't seem yet like much is changing. They, like the, the memory jogging they had hoped for doesn't seem to be actually jogging. It maybe is more crawling or standing still. She doesn't really recognize her siblings either. She treats them the same as she treats any stranger. But there is an occurrence where they take her to the spot where she was abducted and the girl screams. Okay, but my thought on that is children can sense fear. You take, you know... Parents, if the parents were with her when they went to the spot where she was abducted, they're going to have a lot of tension, a lot of anxiety, and even fear flashing back to those horrible that horrible time. They're going to be just basically mired in post-traumatic post stress disorder, mm -hmm. and that could easily pass on to the child, is what I'm thinking. I mean, that was my, my first thought was just... The fact that it, it, it's they pick up on emotions so easily and without even thinking about it. So I'll that give was you my that. theory. I'll give you that. So she uh, is, uh, not her, but in late May. Now there's a couple different options here, uh, depending on which paper you read. And there were about seven different papers uh, that the, the Unresolved Mysteries source I, I'll mention in the, uh, the outro had. Whether it was a cyclist, whether it was a farmer or whether it was three farmers on their way to the fair. And then also different times were cited. So it's kind of weird because no paper can actually get it straight. My feeling is one person or group discovered her and then a bunch of other people either take credit or were in the area or whatever. So yeah, it's late May. So it hasn't been too long. Um, we don't have exact dates because, say it with me now. Sources vary widely. By the t-shirt. <laughs> we'll get it to you eventually. <laughs> So they find, okay, so now we're about to get into the sad stuff. You guys ready? All right. <sighs> they find the body of a young girl. Uh, she is mutilated. She's decapitated. She's naked. There is a skull nearby. And That's, this is about a mile from the farm. Yeah. The skull is not hers. And yeah. The skull is I mean, a... they don't know this yet, but they will find out pretty right. soon that this is, oh, this is actually belongs to an adult male? Yeah. What the fuck, man? Yeah. It's, yeah, and the and here's the thing. You're thinking, well, you know, handprints, you know, fingerprints, the hands and feet are missing off the body as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it really depends on which sources you looked at. I actually have, I'm going to put it up on our Patreon. I was writing in my notes trying to pull from all the primary sources and figure out what exactly all was missing because one said hands and feet, one said an arm and a leg. You really couldn't get it straight. So I have, like, a list of, like, number one, decapitated, hands, feet missing. Like, <laughs> number two, decapitated, arm, leg missing. I'm like, this is the saddest list I mean, anybody just, has ever written. Just keep crying, man. <laughs> yes, just I keep know, crying. Right? So, and also her clothes and her clogs are found folded near the body, although the clothes are torn and blood-stained. Yeah. Um, a black and white checkered dress, a navy blue jacket, and black tights, which was what Pauline was wearing on the day of the disappearance. And they find, and this was weird to me, blonde hair that her father, eventually once he came around and, and realized what was, what was going on to the extent that he could understand, because we still don't understand, he, he said, this blonde hair on the bushes around her body, that's Pauline's hair. 
and how but the head wasn't so the hair i'm just so confused how did the hair yeah. get there like that had to be done intentionally yeah it had to be done like somebody had to be like I'm going to take the head with me, but I'm going to leave some hair so that they can identify her, and I'm going to leave the clothes so they can identify her. Maybe? I don't know. That I'm trying to get into the thought process, thought process of someone's skull? head I would like to stay out of. Whose skull is this? Yeah, who's ma- what male skull is here? <laughs> like, it's just here. Was somebody I had performing this, Hamlet? I had this lying around. <laughs> uh, sorry, I took the head, but I hope that this head will suffice. And what really killed me was the amount of forensic analysis they could do these days would give us so much information, so much information on everything. They do um, isotope analysis on hair. Where you can find out where the person was raised exactly. by the isotopes. They can like... Every time I hear like, isotope analysis on a podcast, I'm like, wee! <laughs> yeah, they can... Uh, there is also a thing where if they look at the bacteria in a person's gut, they can kind of judge where they grew up from. Uh, just that like there's different types of bacteria, different if the person, I just found this out, the person has a yeast infection. There's actually different strains of yeast for for like different parts of the oh country. Oh my, wow. Which is why they think like, like San Francisco sourdough bread because the yeast that lives out there is so much better, you know, for sourdough bread than other parts of the country. I won't be able to eat sourdough for a while without thinking of yeast infections. Thank you. It's not like people are growing croissants out of their crotch. No, no, thank God, because croissants are delicious. (laughs) So, yeah, it's very, I I think it was, my theory is the hair was planted there to ensure that they were able to identify the body in some way. Um, The the clothes were kind of like, one. it was the clothes combined with the hair that were were supposed to be like, here it is. And I think you're right, trophy. The the head was a trophy, which is just... Fucking gruesome. Yeah, they do an autopsy on what was left. They find a large tear under her last rib, a groin puncture with a sharp object about one centimeter across and two centimeters deep. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry to put that. And her stomach was empty. The skull has its own kind of autopsy, as much as you can do on just a singular skull. And they theorize that the person died from a crush. It's Essentially, the skull is a bit crushed in one spot. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking blunt, floor, blunt force trauma to the head. Here's the thing, though. This area had been searched many, many, many times. So the body, bodies, plural, yeah, uh, were moved there recently. In order to be found. Yes, yes. Even the police chief had checked the area several times himself. Um, they say up to 150 people had searched there. That's it's hard to miss a whole damn body and also a skull. Yeah, you know, like that's 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 too much to miss. It's yeah. too much to just chalk up to. Oh, they weren't paying attention. A local priest who had taken part in the search had said that if a wallet would have been dropped, they would have found it. Mm-hmm. Much less. What amounts to two bodies. Mm-hmm, which they were pretty much looking for. You know, yeah. they weren't looking for a wallet, but they would have found it. So, yeah, they, uh, the neighbors actually, after they found the body, the neighbors stood guard all night waiting for the authorities and keeping animals away. And the animals are an interesting idea because a lot of people, as we said, it, I said wild boar, and then the, the body was decomposed. It was also, you know, they said maybe damaged by animals. But the thing that was brought up is... We talked about the tear in the side, the the groin puncture and everything. Other than that, the belly itself was intact. So and then and then what they would call soft parts, which is mm-hmm. just kind of ugh, I just got a little nauseous. Um they were intact. Animals will go for those yeah. parts Eyes, first. Lips, genitals, belly. Yes. Yeah. They go for the soft part first. Why? Because it's the soft part. It's the easiest to get big chunks out of. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's uh, there's now mention of a chimney sweep who had had a criminal history, and people were like, maybe he used candy as bait and took Pauline away. Now Christoph Caramon gets mentioned, and but you know then he's he's uh, let go. Uh, alibi checks out and everything, and then we have uh, Eves. How did you pronounce it? You pronounced it, I think, probably Eves. Eves? Okay, Eves. thank you. You pronounced it right. I think I, I'm like Eves. Eves Martin. Um, he had, he, he visited the Picards, 
um, and asked, you know, I, he said, I, I understand your daughter has been found. And when they said, you know, they replied in the affirmative, he said, are you sure it's Pauline? Then he said, God, forgive me. I am guilty. Or he might have said, God is fair. It depends on how you translate it. Then he, he just starts screaming and laughing, runs away from the farm, and the next day he's taken to an asylum and nobody's ever to get any uh, information out of him. And he just kind of disappears from history as well. Can you can you imagine, though, you're, you're mentally unstable enough to kill a child. You've killed before, obviously, because you've got just a skull lying around, mm-hmm. and the fucking child comes back. Can you imagine? But... Yes. That's where I think that there's a chance that it might have been him. Because coming after and saying, are you, are you sure the dead body is her? Oh, it's... I, I can almost... If I would be a betting man, I would put money down on Eves. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it's... It, and, then, and then just never talking again. I mean, yes, it, it can happen with, with trauma and, and with mental illness and everything, but it's also convenient as hell, you know? Well, it's... Like I said, it's this weird situation... Where, imagine imagine that you kill somebody, and then a month later they're back. Yeah, yeah, that would that would probably drive you to the edge, especially if you've already done it. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right about that. And so then you would you, maybe there's part of the brain, part of his brain that wanted to to rectify that in a weird way, or be like no, or make reality your reality real again. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, well, my reality is this child was dead, so. Here's the dead child, and um, I also performed Hamlet last week, so here's a skull. Yeah. <laughs> like, or something. Um, I'm really stuck on this Hamlet idea. I, that's skull. okay. That's I don't okay. know. Maybe they were doing a local performance, you know, and, and Eves, Eves was in it. So yeah. he, he was a prop stealer, too. Yeah, there's... The mind does weird things. There, There's this old story that, by the way, is total bullshit. That whenever the Native Americans... Uh, saw the sh- Columbus's ships, they couldn't see them out on the water because they didn't have that that schema in their brain. That they didn't have a little folder in their brain going massive boats. Yeah, yeah. And supposedly you'll hear people go, "Oh no, you know, it's, you know, they could see the indentation in the water, but they couldn't see the boat." That's all bullshit. They were some of them were afraid and refused to look at the ships. Some of them thought they were new islands off on the horizon, but it was enough to really mess with their heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I mean, it caused just the fact that, oh, here are these much larger boats than what we have. It was enough to drive them in. Now imagine the child that you assaulted and killed is back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Imagine what that does to the already damaged psyche of a pedophile slash murderer. It must feel like a haunting. Yeah. Like an an avengeful one at that. Because you're already, I don't care who you are, unless you are a true sociopath, which probably, (laughs) probably. But even at that point, you have fear for yourself. I know know a sociopath. He still has fear for himself. Yeah, self-preservation can be a pretty huge instinct in human beings. Absolutely. So, yeah, the dead come back. You freak. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. I think that that seems like probably our most plausible explanation. There were, um, you know, the idea that she had died of exposure or hunger because there was a storm the night that she went missing, and I can understand that to an extent. Um, but then I looked at the the average, and granted, it's been almost a hundred years. Mm-hmm. You know, like climates change and everything, but the average. Temperatures in Brittany in April uh, are a low of 39 and a high of 52 Fahrenheit. I, that seems like tough to die of exposure. 39, I guess, and especially if it's raining and it's colder. I want to hear the Alex Jones bullshit theory after the bodies found that this person died of exposure. Well, here's what happened. <laughs> the the little girl was running out. The, uh, the lightning struck her, blew her hands and feet clean off. <laughs> the, uh, the head popped off. The lightning bolt caused a sex change in the head and expanded it to an adult size. There you go. Also, the frogs are turning gay because of the water. Frogs are turning gay. Yes. I think gay frog acceptance has come a long way here in Johnstown. I really do. I really think you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can I can feel the acceptance. I'm not Absolutely. A, I'm not a gay frog, but... 
So the uh, you take care of some gay frogs though. On I take care of some frogs. I don't know if they're gay. I don't pry into their personal business. Fair enough. I fair also enough. I also wrangle them and at times. So my gay frog. I also whisper radar. to them. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but but rivets. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, my gay frog radar kind of pinged on him. <laughs> Plus the Fifty Shades of Green photo. That's. <laughs> Pretty gay. Wow. <laughs> that was hilarious. And that idea for the title was both Beast and myself, I will say. <laughs> we said it almost at the exact same time. It was hilarious. As soon as I, he, he like sent the idea to me and he sent the little props that he had, I I should tell the Twitch people. I yes. work for a photographer. He does pictures of tree frogs doing various things. Either they're with flowers or you know different pieces of art or they're doing human things like riding bikes and making coffee and stuff like that. Well, there was one where they were in a room with all you know some BDSM stuff. Which, by the way, I had to exercise some consultant uh, authority on that set because he had a set of freaking stocks on that set. And I was like... This is not the BDSM equipment that we use in our home. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is not Christy approved. I was like, that's not quite where you want to go with that. So, um, yeah, I had to nix that. But, but yeah, so when he sent me the, 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 a picture of the props that he had mm-hmm. found, I showed it to Beast, and we both at the same time went, 50 shades of green! <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, back to sad. Yes. Um, this, uh, this, this child's body is buried under Pauline's name with April 6th, 1922, the day she vanished, as the date of death, and later, you know, eventually when her parents die, they're buried near her. And so now we basically have the the little girl who uh, showed up in Cherbourg and was m- mistaken for Pauline, as far as we can tell. Because um, they couldn't do a 100% identification. Right. It just seemed like this is almost definitely, you know, like there there's a like 0.0001% chance that it's not her, judging by all the evidence. So they do find that woman that was, you know, spotted trying to like leave a child in a store and then the, they, they grabbed the hugging child and took it back to her. <laughs> Yeah, so I just pictured like the little hands like opening and mm-hmm. closing. Oh, God damn it. I know. And um she's uh she still has her daughter. So there's some speculation that maybe there were people who were leaving for America or you know anywhere else but you know possibly America and they left Pauline maybe they didn't have money for a ticket for her or they just wanted to start a new life over there without a child or whatever. Um so there's no real theories as to why but just abandoned. So she is sent to an orphanage slash hospice. And the father is devastated. He's crying and doesn't want to give this girl up. Yeah, he says that he wishes she could have stayed. I, I, you know, I really feel like that's really, for somebody who was sort of iffy on it, you know, at first. Was he, was he the one that was iffy? He was, was not the iffy. Mother? Okay, mother he wasn't was iffy. iffy, that's right. Um, and they really had to convince him that this is, you know, Pauline's body when they found the body. Um but yeah, I just really feel like he he was he he found a consolation for her his grief and honestly why couldn't they keep her? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Like it, if she if she was settling in and happy there, why not? If she's if she's being taken care of? Yeah, and it it's a thing the father is devastated. He does not want to part with her. The the little girl, oh my god, who I am entitling Folane. And I am not I am not convinced that she wasn't Pauline. I'm not 100% convinced. It's, yeah. it's such a weird situation. Yeah. Every day, Pauline asks about her siblings. She speaks fluent Britain. Yeah. Let me, let, me, let me put that to you again. That's the one that makes me go, wait a minute. In a month, she's speaking fluent. And to me, that's like she had it, lost it. Got it back. Possibly, yeah. And uh, she's, she's, yeah, she's asking about her siblings. She mentions them by name. Yeah. She uh, asks about the farm animals. She asks about the donkey mm. and the horse. And she mentions memories that seem to go beyond her short time at the farm. Yes. And it's... But could those memories have been given to her, sort of? You know, like, that's one thing that you can question, yeah. especially with children being so impressionable. Uh, and she was even potentially younger than than Pauline, so you know, with with having fewer molars and being smaller in stature. But so it's a, the, it's a the question. Family's missing a daughter. The daughter's missing a family. It's they a perfect match. Yes, she, like let. I don't understand why they wouldn't let him keep her. And and you're probably thinking, oh, but I bet she had a good life after that. Got no. adopted. No. She was renamed either, depending on, again, sources very widely, 
uh, Louise Marcel Pauline or Marie Louise Pauline, and she died of measles in 1924. Yeah. So if she was two when they found her, she died at the age of four. And in, let's in an let's outbreak. Be, which let's be honest. Vaccinate your children. Yes, you fucking anti-vaxxers are pissing me off. So people shouldn't be dying of measles. It's people like you that are going to bring polio fucking back. God, smallpox. Yeah. I know that's like technically not possible, but it is kind of possible at the same time. There's your, still a possibility. Your children should not be dying of rickets. Yes. So, yeah, she dies, um, and that's, you know, like pretty much what we have of her there's a new theory around town um and there's actually a couple theories the the one theory is that a rich family had a child child died but they would lose their inheritance if they didn't have the child somehow so uh they stole pauline and then eventually like all this media coverage they were afraid they would get found out so they staged the body of the child it seems pretty complex but then again people did say that there were two strangers seen but nobody ever specified the gender i mean in 1922 it's probably going to be a, a, a man and a woman mm -hmm. and it, so it's always weird to me that it's always two strangers it's not two men it's not a ma man and a woman it's not two women it's just two strangers but that's a little vague to me that just feels like somebody happened to see somebody they didn't quite recognize or who was like you know like done had done their hair differently that day or was growing a beard and then oh no a stranger saw them from afar and then like two days later oh the girl is missing oh those strangers i saw you know it just seems to me it's it's too it's too much of a theory to build off of such a vague clue yeah yeah there's there's the theory that dad killed Pauline. Yeah, it's it's basically uh, the two newspapers, uh, Le Journal and Loué Eclair, um, uh, and I know I pronounced something there wrong. Let me know. Uh, they they have an implied but not stated theory that Francois Picard was a violent man, killed her. Yves Martin witnessed it. And that he had had a traumatic brain injury before the, the, the Pauline incident. And that witnessing this just threw him over the edge. And of course, you know, dad has a skull lying around that he can just use. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just, you know, my dad was also in Hamlet. Yes. <laughs> so. Lots of people in Hamlet. It's a, it's a small village. We need everybody to is pitch it, in for it, the cast and it, the crew. A small village. Is it a Hamlet? <laughs> Oh, shit. Accidental puns. I'm just, like, constantly doing them lately. All the time. Oh, it's a Hamlet. Shit. Oh. Um. And on their farms, did they raise small pigs? <laughs> Named Hamlet. <laughs> I, was, I was almost there. I was like, piglet, pig, ham. I was, I was this close. That would be a good name for, uh, for like, a... Uh, a small pig, Hamlet. That would be a good oh, name. Oh, he's for like a the small runt pig. of the group. He only weighs nine hundred pounds. <laughs> Fucking razor bar. <laughs> and I want to do like a cartoon of Hamlet that's all pigs. <laughs> Support us on Patreon. We need to make this happen. We will make this happen. Absolutely, yes. There is the theory that she was, and we kind of touched on this, abandoned by migrants. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, I I suppose that's. There's going to be there's going to be at least three solutions to this if there's ever a solution. Mm -hmm. There's going to be the solution of who the little girl was if it wasn't her, uh, if it wasn't Pauline's body that was found, whose body was it? And here's the thing: the skull was never identified. And I really want to know because they call it a skull; they don't call it a head. Right. So I really want to know when this was found, like. A month and a half or so after she was disappeared, decomposition right. happens, but it doesn't happen that fast for it to become like something that you would actually call a skull. Right. So, like, how much older was the skull than p the body, and 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 so why why was it put there? Oh, weird weird theory: trading of trophies. Okay, so I'm done with this trophy because I have a new one. Instead of instead of collecting trophies from each victim, that's that somebody kind of, that's honestly kind of what I was thinking. It's... Okay, I just it just popped into my head because yeah. I'm slow. <laughs> no, that, no, 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 no. This is. Uh... I have to talk things out. Is really what it is. I'm not slow. I just I need to talk things oh, out you're... in order to actually get to the, the the end point. Yeah, you are definitely definitely not slow, but it's it's a thing where I honestly honestly kind of believe that the little girl was Pauline. 
and I'll explain why. Okay, absolutely. I want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that isn't the best reason I've ever heard, I, I don't know what. I just want it to be her, and I want it. I don't want her to go back to the orphanage. I don't want her to die of measles because, quite honestly, the little girl probably wouldn't have died of measles because the outbreak was three hundred miles away in Shelborg. Yeah. You know. And she was in an orphanage where every kid's going to get sick with the same thing. She would have been on this nice little secluded farm, uh, having fun with the donkeys. And yes, the family would have been sad. You know, they, they would have never known, is this really our daughter? But at that point... I think they would have accepted her as... I think they, they had already. To. They had already, yeah. The father, the father had accepted her. Really, if that body had never turned up, she would have had a wonderful she, life. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No matter who she was. Yeah, and it was just like, you know, two years old. Who remembers anything from whenever they were two? She would I have... might have a couple of vague memories. I think I remember getting my head stuck in the, the um, like, what do you call them? Like the, the, the things in the headboard. You have a, a like a wooden headboard, but the you railings. Have, the railings, the, thank yes. you. Yes, in the railings of, of my mom's, <laughs> my mom and dad's bed. My mom having to like squirm me out of there, and it was painful and uncomfortable. See, mm. I remember uh, almost choking to death. I remember blue snow, and I remember a staircase in Grantsville, Maryland. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so those are the three. I almost choked to death on a lifesaver whenever I was two, but my dad plucked me in the stomach, and <laughs> oh, there you go. yeah, yeah. So, but he would have had a great life. Grown up on a farm, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, for 1922, probably a very good life. It's a very idyllic pastoral existence, and it's it's it, you know, it, it's really it's really sad that it, it didn't happen for whatever reason, and that she ended up uh, perishing the way she did. Yeah. So and, and and we'll really never know. Like with many of our, our you know anything we do that's unsolved. I, it, there, so much time has passed that, you know, yeah, cold cases are getting solved more and more all the time with things you know, like genetic genealogy mm -hmm. and the, the isotopes and all these different new tools that we have. But the old, old ones, it's just, it's that enduring mystery. Yeah. And that's what, it's honestly, it's the mystery that keeps them alive because it's so frustrating. I wonder if any DNA testing could be done now. I mean, you'd have to um, either find relatives of hers, or of, of, of the Paulines. Well, I'm sure the, the family could be exhumed. Like yeah, a member and of the I, family. that's what that was going to be my next step is exhume yeah. the family. You'd have to have everybody's permission probably to do that. Um, and so you could potentially find out if the little girl who was buried with them, and then you'd have to exhume uh, the, the Foline, as you call her, um, yeah, exhume her, which you'd have to get permission from somebody to do that. But you also have to have somebody who's willing to do all this to solve this mystery and willing to expend the, the energy, the time, and the money. And, you know, I don't know how they're doing cold cases in France if they're, you know, like as, as crazed about it as we are because we're really on a tear. Yeah. There was just a, a one recently, uh, I believe it was in Wisconsin, I think, that uh, a, a Jane Doe was identified and a suspect put in jail. Wow. You don't have that very often. The identification is coming more and more, but having those those two both come in at the same time, holy shit. Well, you you heard about the uh the Lady of the Dunes. Like the uh look up Joe Hill Lady of the Dunes. Yeah. That is incredible. It's a crazy story. Yeah. And now they're kind of pinning that on a uh, a serial killer who uh Which who's, one? Uh Hatter, I believe is the guy's name. Does he have a nickname? Uh, he was the cross-dressing serial killer. Oh, okay. Um, he's still alive. And he said that whenever he, he's he's claimed responsibility for the Lady of the Dunes. And he said whenever he uh, he murdered her, he put her face down like she was doing a push-up. And that was something the police never put in. Hold back information. Mm -hmm. That always, oh, I'm always so interested in what they choose to, and, that, and they call it hold back, the stuff that they don't give to the press, that they don't give to the public right. at all, or even sometimes to the family, if they find the family, um, specifically for the purposes of, you know, ferreting out the, the person who actually is responsible. Yeah, and he did hit that. So oh, honestly, boy. honestly, I peg him for it. Okay. And just based on, you know, what position did you leave the body in? Doing a push-up. Yeah, that's pretty weird and rare. Yeah. 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 So I do peg him for that. Honestly, I if I had the money, if I had the money and the power, this would be one that I would do just because it's a two-year-old girl. Justice needs to happen. I would try to figure out 
who everyone is in this. And at least we have some people that we can test, uh, like the boy in the box. They're, we have they're, nobody. They're, they're, but they're, they're still trying. Yeah. But at least here, if you exhume the bodies, we have some people. If, if I don't know how big cremation was back then, but cremation is going to make exhumation in the future like a lot more difficult. Yeah, especially what I'm doing with my body. What are you doing? I'm donating it to a body farm after Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, donating the organs. Um... And there's a weird question. I imagine that, huh, if somebody has a transplant, your DNA still stays the same in that transplanted organ. Hmm. Could you imagine a murder victim being identified by the DNA of the person who donated their heart to them or their lungs to them? I hope we just gave some writer out there. Uh, an idea for a You're mystery You're a writer. Novel. I know, but I don't write mysteries well. I'm really bad at it. I've tried, and it was it was terrible. I got so much bad feedback that afterwards, like, we were doing the, the, the Iowa workshop method of mm -hmm. where basically you have to sit there, not say a single word while everybody picks apart your story, which is really hard because you want to defend it because you just wrote it yesterday and you don't have any distance yet. And... So they pick it apart, and you're sitting there, and the only thing you can do is at the end of it, you can ask them questions. So I'm just, like, scribbling questions onto my page, and I'm just like, I hate this. I hate everything about this. And um, we finished my session, and my professor, uh, Russell Davis, uh, great, great writer, uh, he was like, all right, let's take a little break now. And so he wanders outside for a smoke, and I discovered that I had forgotten my cigarettes back in my apartment. <laughs> it was like, of all the days, God. So I chase after him. I'm like, Russell, Russell, can I buy smoke? We get outside, and he just, and he's, he's, we were, we were all kind of scared of him. He's the nicest guy, but we were all also now, kind of this scared of him. Russell T. Davies? No, no, no. Okay. But he does get mistaken for him. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, he, he does get that guy's emails a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, he was uh, president of uh, the Science Fiction Writers Association, and um, he's, he's written uh, so many books under so many pseudonyms that it's hilarious. Uh, he's, he's written... I can't tell you. Um, so I'll tell you later. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, and he we get outside, and he just kind of looks at me, and he goes, he's just like... You okay? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, because he kind of took a beating in there. And I'm like, Jesus, if Russell sees it as a beating, I really got destroyed. And that's yeah. when the tears started coming. I was like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, that was my mystery story experience. I did write a pretty damn good noir story. Okay. Noir. I say that almost like it's horror. but um, May I make a suggestion? Sure, of course. This was This was a suggestion given to me for writing a mystery story. Find three or four good mystery novels that you don't know the answer to. You know, you don't want to pick up the Orient Express. Spoilers, everyone did it. <laughs> so don't do not do like Agatha Christie novels. That's the anything. thing is even if the answer is right there in front of me, I almost never know who did it. But this is the exercise. You find a couple of novels, mm -hmm. good mystery novels. May I suggest the Fletch of the Flynn novels? Okay. Fletch and Flynn, both fantastic. It's both same author, author Gregory MacDonald. Read the last chapter first. Okay, all right. And then go back and read and the see how they thing. seeded the clues there through how they actually had the red herring. Okay, all you right. got it. I can see you that. You got it. I can see that. That's so a good way to do it. All these things that meant nothing. How much money did I spend on grad school and a, a, a degree, a master's of fine arts degree in genre fiction? <laughs> no, you can learn all your life. That's the yeah. thing. You can learn yeah. all your life. Yeah. But that way, whenever you read those novels you see all these little things that you thought were throwaways. And you see, essentially, you see how the sausage was made. Exactly. Yeah, without exactly. having to do it in retrospect. So you're doing it like you're doing it as a learning process. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yes. Right on. an idea. Right on. It does ruin two or three novels for you. That's fine. You got and, and that is like very much like against my ethos. Like I've seen my mom pick up a book and look at the last page and I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, I, I, I sweat and I drip blood over that last page because you know, that's the last impression. That's your Last chance with the reader. No, that's your, that's that, you know, the my favorite part of a soft serve ice cream cone is that very last bit where you have the little grid and you have the ice cream mm -hmm. and it's getting slightly soggy. That's my favorite part. That's the last page of a novel for me. Yeah, I will actually hold my hand over the text so that my eyes can't cheat on me. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, like slowly pulling my hand down so that I don't accidentally see those last, even those last few words. See, and I love clever little things like that. One, and, and here's the thing, a lot of people shit on the comic book genre. One of the most amazing twists I have ever seen was in a comic book and you didn't see it coming and yes it was Transformers 
So this group of Transformers have just been beaten down. They barely survived. Several of them died. The one is named Nautica. She is a female Transformer. She identifies as female. There's, it's a genderless society. Okay. But she identifies as female. She has been in love with Skids. Skids was killed mm. in, in this whole thing. But she lost an eye. And so she's wearing an eye patch, like a little metal eye patch over her eye. And she's going to this, she's going to this person who is supposed to be able to, he has something called the cradle that can supposedly resurrect people. So she's going to him to find the cradle and she finds him and he goes, where is he? I need some part of him. And she lifts up the eye patch and his brain, his brain is in her eye socket and she's been keeping it alive. Oh. And it's just like, holy shit. And it's just. It was such a good little twist. Wow. Yeah. Love the ending of things. <laughs> yeah. Hate having it spoiled. Well, I, I didn't think you'd ever read Lost No, Light, no, no. So. Not, I wasn't saying you spoiled that. I was thinking of other times when I've been spoiled for things that I was literally planning on reading. Uh. Like I was like, oh, that book's coming out this week. I have to read it. And I haven't gotten to it yet. And somebody's like, oh, so-and-so died at the end. I'm like, what? It's the end of a series. Are you kidding me? Like, what kind of... Hmm. Well, it ends... Never uh, finished reading that series. It ends up honestly being sad... Still, because she doesn't have any money to resurrect skids, so she has to sell emotions. Oh. So she sells memories of skids. Oh my gosh, this is... Because those are her most powerful memories, and then whenever she's done, she has no emotional attachment and doesn't feel the need to resurrect him anymore and just lets him be. That's like, oh, Henry wrote a Transformers yeah. <laughs> comic book. I'll tell you, the Lost <laughs> Light series is fucking good. Huh. I mean, no, I have nothing against comic books. I, 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 I read plenty of them over my life. I was just saying, like, I would never like think of Transformers. Like, it's just not. It's, you're actually a little curious I right am now, really aren't you? Curious. If you bring some next week, I might read them. So. Alrighty. All right. Uh, so, um, yeah, I guess uh, what what you up to this weekend or podcast recommendations? What do you want to do? Podcast recommendations. I really don't have any. I've been I've been just going back to old favorites like oh, okay. What If and uh, Last Podcast and the Left Expanded Perspectives. It's hard for me to find new ones because my favorites are putting out so many. <laughs> Isn't that tough? Yeah, it's it's definitely first world problems, but that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I think my podcast recommendation this week is I'm really looking forward to the conclusion of this season of Breakdown, which if you like court stuff, uh, is from the Atlanta Journal Constitution, and they they have several seasons out so far, and they're always uh, it's very much. Like finding out, you know, like you hear a lot of live courtroom stuff um, and you get a lot of the, the, the drama inherent with, uh, uh, you know, following along with a process that is going to naturally have disruptions. Like at one point they were like, well, they're, they're moving the trial, so I guess we're moving with it. <laughs> and, you know, like stuff like that. Or, or a hurricane is coming, so I guess we'll find out, you know, like, you know, if, when we're going to be back and if all the jurors will, will survive. And of course, it's in the south, so you have that one that one lawyer who always calls them jurors. <laughs> and I'm uh, like, stop it, please! But uh, jurors, it's really it's coming to the end of uh, the current season. Is about a uh, a, a, a shooting of a, a a cop shot a man in Georgia, and that's all the details I'm going to give. But they, it's the the last episode of not the last episode, but the most recent episode. The jury uh, went for deliberations. So I, and I was listening. To it, I was like. <gasps> why do I binge things that are not done yet? <laughs> so yeah, I started listening to, I, I've been listening to that for a while now, um, but just, uh, just recommending it now. Cause it's really good. It's really well done. And it's very, very interesting. You, you find yourself not knowing what side to be on sometimes. So sometimes you know exactly what side you're on. And then you get to the point where I am, where I've listened to several seasons and I'm starting to recognize lawyers names. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Amanda Clark Palmer. She was in the hot, maybe in a hot car case. Now, <laughs> have, like, you, yeah. have you ever heard of the staircase? I believe that's the name of the documentary. Oh yeah. 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 I watched that on Netflix. Yeah, oh that was crazy. God. Oh my gosh. Holy shit. I want to watch the one about the, 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 the maybe Nazi. Oh, is, that, is that a Rebecca Black song? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I bet if I open Netflix, it'll like pop right up. Nope. Cheers. Cheers. Up. Oh, okay. um, well, I think I saved it in my list. Wow, so. Ted Danson's gotten old. Oh, but, oh, He's so good though. Good He's Place is good. so good. It's on tonight. Guess oh, what I'm doing man. right after this. I bet I can just, okay, I tell you, I didn't put it in my list for some reason, which is a travesty, but okay, so Netflix, Nazi, 
That sounds like the nickname you'd Documentary give Documentary 2019. You Netflix Nazi. Always telling me what I can and can't watch. The Devil Next Door. Okay. Yeah, it's about uh, uh, basically uh, a guy who they're like, oh, let this uh, Nazi death camp dude who is now living in the United States many, many, many years later. So I'm, I, I want to watch that. There was actually some, uh, some, some backlash from Poland because they were like, Okay, you you made it seem like that we were, you know, like that this was all going on in our country, but Germ- Germany had like annexed us at the time. So no, we did not have anything to do with mm-hmm. this. Please, I mean, like you know, I I do not want to be part of this narrative. <laughs> Speaking of Nazis, one of the movies I Speaking desperately Speaking of Nazis, want... my favorite segue. <laughs> hey, you'll see where I'm going with this. I want to see Jojo Rabbit so bad. I have not heard anything. What is this? Jojo Rabbit. Oh, I'm so out of pop culture for the most part, unless it's true crime related. Do you know who Taika Waititi is? I think so, yeah. He uh, He's the uh, film director. He played Korg in the Thor Ragnarok, the guy who's made of stones. Hi, sure, this okay. Is, this is Doug. Uh, no, Doug's dead, yeah. Uh, so this is new Doug. Um, <laughs> hilarious, hilarious uh, actor, hilarious director. He's made a film called Jojo Rabbit. Scarlett Johansson. Oh, there you right go. There. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's about a little boy who is part of the Hitler Youth. Sam Rockwell plays the general, and Rebel Wilson's in it too. She plays like the the female lead, That's the a female Nazi. Cast. Right? And the little boy has uh, has an imaginary friend. It's Taika Waititi, but he's playing Hitler. So his imaginary friend is Hitler. And the little boy goes up into the attic one day and he finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl. Oh, that attic. does sound good. Yeah, doesn't that? Oh, holy shit. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what. After we're done with the show, I'll, I'll play you the trailer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, soon. yeah, we're wrapping up. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we are. I think we are wrapped up. Um, we would like to remind you about our giveaway. Send us your creepy stranger stories, or just if you have, you know, an old-timey crime-type story. If you have a crime-type story, something that's happened to you or you've seen, or that just, like, something that interests you, shoot us a message. Shoot us a message if you happen to just have a, a, a story that we want, you want us to do. We've done several of them so far. Listener suggestions have been a goldmine. Um, so send those to oldtimeycrimey at, uh, gmail.com. And our giveaway for the creepy stranger stories. So, uh, yes, if you send those to us by November 29th at at midnight, you will be entered to win one of our lovely old-timey crimey stickers. If you're watching us on Twitch, you're seeing those right now. Mm Mm-hmm. That's lovely stickers. And these are first edition, only edition, because we just got our new logo uh, this week. And we're going to debut it tomorrow. So uh, if you're listening to this on, you know, like Spotify or wherever, you know, Apple, wherever you listen, that's actually a week ago. So you should look at our social media and uh, come see our new logo because it's fantastic. Or so many thanks to Katie Sikelski, a very, very talented artist. We're going to put up links for her everywhere. Or if you're on Twitch, you're seeing the logo now. Oh, actually, yes, you did give the people yeah. on Twitch. I forgot about that. I was like, oh, you're kind of cheating, giving the people on Twitch <laughs> the logo first. But I, Ten of you. Saying, Good news for ten of you people. <laughs> It's a first Twitch stream. I'm happy with it. Oh, I am happy with it, too. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, you can get those stickers. They're one of a kind. Um, and just send your creepy stranger stories. Tell us tell us about the time that you saw somebody who was a creepy stranger. You interacted with somebody who was a creepy stranger. Or maybe that time when you, without realizing it, were the creepy stranger in somebody else's life. As I got one of those stories this past week from someone. So I'm the creepy stranger in a lot of women's lives. <laughs> I'm sure I've been a creepy Look out your bathroom window now. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> we also have our patreon patreon.com slash oldtimey crimey where you can be a flat foot you can be a gumshoe or you can be a private dick and we're going to be amending some of those categories so we're going to be taking out the the, the raw we're maybe keep the early access but also we're going to be including uh exclusive features where we do little like mini stories yeah. so we have a couple in the in the hopper already we're very excited yeah, about. we recorded two uh patreon episodes tonight mm-hmm. and it's not very expensive you get those episodes for uh, we haven't decided what tiers get them, so we'll... Fair enough. Well, you, $150 a day. <laughs> so that's cheap. <laughs> Super cheap, Very yeah. Cheap. And if you're not, uh, monthly donations aren't really your thing, that's cool, that's fine. Uh, PayPal us at oldtimeycrimey at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave us reviews. Um, if you are listening on Apple, 
Podcasts, please give us a review there. Stitcher. Um, and I've, I've been hearing about a site called Podchaser where you can actually leave reviews for individual episodes. And you can also do that on Podbean as well. So just, you know, like, tell us what you think. Tell us what stories you think we should do. You know, like, so, and, and you know, five stars is, is not, uh, not unappreciated. It's super appreciated. And don't forget our social media. Come follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. We are old timey crimey in all those places because it's our name. And, and thank you, Regan, for the five-star review on iTunes. Oh, I didn't see that. Yes, yes. Oh, did Regan give us a review? Yes, oh, he did. Yes, yes he did. Oh, thank you, Regan. Oh, you're the best. Oh, and we cannot wait till mid-December. And honestly, Regan... It... Wait, 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 wait. You confused them earlier. Regan gave us the Denver crime story. Yes. Johnny Eponymous... Johnny Eponymous is the Weebly, the claims department in the drink tank yes. on Weebly. I just want to make sure. Sorry. But Regan, thank you for the five-star review. And Woo. Johnny Eponymous coming out with the uh, the magazine article uh, next month. Uh, I'm so excited. That <laughs> is wait. awesome. Cannot wait. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have links to that on our social media. We also have an Amazon wish list. You can uh, you can send us a book or um, have us read it on the Kindle, whichever works for you, and we will do a deep dive on it. So yes, I am currently doing a deep dive of my own, uh, the Sea and Poison story. And I have three deep dives in the hopper that I need to actually read and do, which I'll probably do like maybe like Thanksgiving breakish. I'm really excited for the Sea and Poison because mm, I can't wait for that. Now, also because it's my yeah. week off. <laughs> <laughs> no one. No one has done this story yes, in the United States. Yes. Even the Wikipedia article is bare minimum. You so, got the good stuff yeah, there. Yeah, you are going it. to be hearing a supposedly true tale of of a war crime that I don't know why this isn't taught That's left, right, up, and down, and, and in the face of every. Japanese and American student. I can't wait to hear it. This is gonna be this is gonna be crazy. Yeah. I'm so excited. So excited. And it's fun to like for us to actually like get to hear stuff that the other has done that that we haven't, because then we actually get to have reactions instead of no wait, that comes later. Yes. (laughs) We do a lot of that. That gets edited out. Yeah. So but you on Twitch Twitch. got to hear it here first. So so, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. (laughs) I honestly would have made that same mistake if I hadn't been kind of like thinking about that because Mm -hmm. the fact of when he asked that question is very important. Yeah. Because technically they found their daughter twice. So I was like, whoa, wait. When I saw it in different places, I was like, I think I'm going to rely on the primary sources that were translated on the Unresolved Mysteries subreddit by, I think it was Caravan 22. Um, So yeah, it was very helpful. Canova 22. I, I transposed some letters there. But, but yeah, so well, thank you, Twitch uh, streamers, for hanging out with us tonight. We've had a fantastic time. We hope you have, too. And uh, thank you to everybody, all of our listeners. Come check out our, our Patreon for the new offerings and check out. There's already several posts well, with, um, you know, we have some behind-the-scenes stuff, too. I'm going to post uh, a little bit of my my show notes, my, my little numbered list of... <laughs> <laughs> body parts that were missing. It's oh so no! Oh, but there's other stuff too. So, uh, so yeah, come come check it out. And so yeah, that, that's our show for this week. All right, thank you very kindly for for being here. We'll be here again around this time next week. We're not I don't, we're not going to set a specific time just yet because our schedules can vary. It's but after eight, before ten. Yes, exactly, exactly. Look for us then, and uh, we'll be here recording and hanging out. So uh, from us here at Old Timey Crimey, bye. Bye. Because you have this expectation of reality. There are no such thing as... Here's a result from search. <laughs> what did I do? I don't know how Google decided that we were talking to it, but I'll put it over here so okay. maybe it won't. What did I accidentally search? You just... You, 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 oh, I don't know. We'll find out. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, because you have this expectation of reality. <laughs> Somehow something you said before that I launched... Guess. Okay, Google, which is funny because that's supposed to be tuned to my voice <laughs> so i guess either mine mine goes low or yours went high <laughs> here's the thing <laughs> um